0: This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, Lord, let it shine. Let it shine. Good day. Hello! How goes it, ma'am?
1: I'm I'm starting to feel like my energy's picking back up from like a slump. So that feels good.
0: What about you? I feel like I am all gas, no brakes and when I do stop to like process what's going on in my new reality I'm like holy cow Mm -hmm. I want to tell a funny story before we start this episode do it (laughs) (laughs) so for those of you who didn't listen to the first episode of the season I ended up taking a leap of faith and leaving my salary job to start my own real estate firm at the beginning of the new year and I am blown away by the momentum that's picked up it's like oh I start this podcast because I think I know what I'm talking about with manifesting and here it is like life is showing me I guess I do know what I'm talking about yeah that's awesome but yesterday it dawned on me, I was making my bed and I like washed the duvet cover and all the blankets and all the sheets and I have this king size bed and I absolutely hate making it. I, I can do queen with my like wingspan, <laughs> <laughs> but throwing blankets on a king size bed is a lot for my little arms. Uh, so I like get this king sized duvet into the cover and I felt this sense of accomplishment that was just just sky high. And mm-hmm. then I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, I feel way more accomplished with getting this duvet cover on than I do by the fact that I think I have over $20 million worth of real estate deals in the pipeline right now right. and a team of 10 agents and under four months and all this stuff. It's like, nope, the duvet cover was way bigger <laughs> of an achievement. Yo, That's <laughs> how it is. That's how it be. That's why it's simple.
1: This it's the simple stuff. Sometimes that's so grounding. Yeah, and helpful because m- manifesting is a funny thing, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I'm glad you got your um, your dopamine from your duvet cover. Yeah,
0: it's just it's funny the way that our perspectives are. And and oh, well. So today, I guess we are talking about. Dichotomies and mm-hmm. and kind of categorizing things into this like polarized definitions. We're talking about dichotomies and kind of like how how that applies to manifesting and healing and mm-hmm. the limitations about putting things into polarized categories. Yeah. So I will start with defining what a dichotomy is. Yeah. I, dichotomy is a division or contrast between two things that are or are represented as being opposite or entirely different that is a really weird definition yeah that's what webster says i say dichotomies are just viewing something from the lens of polarization so Mm. it's either one extreme or the other and I just I kind of wanted to list off some common dichotomies and then demystify them just yeah. to kind of give an idea of yeah yeah what we're talking about okay do it because this is interesting you know there's the dichotomy of right and wrong mm-hmm. physical or spiritual rich or poor sick or well life or death democrat republican male female dangerous safe light dark open clothes there's so many and and it's just like kind of a cultural norm to throw things in like one category or the other mm-hmm. and it makes sense to some degree because it's just helping us like you know process the world it's like okay it makes things more efficient yeah but it's also very dangerous yeah super dangerous so um to demystify a few like right or wrong so when you hear the word murderer you're like automatically probably gonna think bad yeah uh, wrong. Yeah. But then, you know, there's killing somebody in self defense. That person committed murder, but it's in self defense. Yeah. Versus somebody that killed somebody because they pissed them off. Right, right. You know, you have to look at the in- intention behind it. Right. And really, you know, there's a lot of shades of gray between right and wrong. Exactly. There's physical and spiritual. Humans, we are physical beings that have a spirit within us. So, you know, that kind of demystifies that. And then rich and poor, you know, it's all relative, like a $300,000 house in West Virginia, where I'm from Mm -hmm. is going to buy you probably more land and a bit more square footage than a $3 million house in Southern California. Exactly. The point I'm trying to make is everything is kind of subjective Uh and it's intention base and so you can't really like realistically like throw things in such an extreme one or box right and I think it's just it's a common thing that we do and it's okay to some degree but it also it, it blocks us from seeing the whole truth yeah another one open and closed you can be open in one aspect of your life. Like you can be open to receiving money, but maybe you're still closed off with love or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so once again, demystified, I don't want to get too political, but you know, the Democrat Republican, like I don't agree with everything on either party. Why do I have to identify with one? Yeah,
1: exactly. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. So like when I mentioned this subject to you, Madeline, like you, you got excited about it. So what, what were your thoughts? on like what was it that made you want to talk about this there I think
1: uh, my process was sort of finding the categories first like okay well I am a woman and I am this and I am that because coming from like a place of just total wanting to heal like you're, you're vulnerable and you have a lack of like direction. You don't really know who you are. So you start to try to find who you are. So like in my very early 20s, I think like labels helped me. Yeah, they helped me. So I needed to find them and they helped me. But then as you know, you grow and you change and you start to just really lean into more of like the way you feel rather than what it's called. Yeah. Um, Then I got really excited about this dichotomy because not only that, but I'm also thinking a lot about just culturally how gender there's there's a big, you know, conversation about how even that is somewhat of a construct. And, you know, whether you agree or disagree, the point is what you said is true. Putting a box around yourself only blocks you from everything else. Like you can you can still trust yourself and be safe within what you believe without. It needing to separate you from other people.
0: Yes. And the same with the way that you look at things outside of yourself. Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I thought, I think this is a super exciting topic and it gives a lot of permission for people to not have so much internal pressure. To make declarations on themselves and decisions on themselves. And just I'm getting excited about it because I I hope that someone can hear like, hey, you know what? I'm in this journey and I can be happy and sad at the same time. Yes. And it's like, hell yes. Yeah. Like if you're not both, it's probably not quite, you're not quite there yet. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. We are such a range of things that we can't be specifically only one at any given moment. Yeah. It's like saying you're going to be breathing air and walking at the same time. You know, like we're doing a lot of things in tandem that we don't even know. Yes. Our hearts are beating. Our mouths are breathing. Our eyes are blinking all at the same time. Yeah. You know, what does that mean? Like my heart's the one keeping me alive or is it my lungs or is it, you know, it all works together. Yeah. So I think it's the same when we apply it to, you know, spiritual learning and, and manifesting.
0: So so I wrote some notes on this one. I said, like, why it matters to be aware of dichotomies. So, you know, putting things in black and white categories limits our scope of understanding and our personal narratives, thus closing us off. Mm-hmm. If something is either this or that, mm-hmm. then we're automatically closing ourselves off from the other million things that exist in between the two extremes. And then, you know, as we discussed in our last episode about being a vessel or a channel through which energies can flow, closing off is any, any, in any way is going to block manifesting when you're Mm -hmm. rigid, when you're limited, when your scope is narrow, it's like closing your hand instead of opening it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, your judgment of others is a reflection of how you judge yourself. So, you know, categorizing people, situations, And or yourself as either one thing or another automatically blocks you from seeing the whole picture. Once again, closing off.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And balance is the key to flow, like as is acceptance. So like finding the balance between the two ends of the spectrum, that's where the river flows. It's not clinging to one side or another. And, you know, to me, it sounds like ego is probably the thing that makes us want to like polarize. Ego and fear. Yes. Yes.
1: I, I find it fear based when I think about it, but it's just they go and they they're hand in hand. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So putting things in these these stark categories causes resistance instead mm-hmm. of acceptance mm-hmm. because you're like everything must be this way and, and uh-huh. instead of just accepting the reality of things and just taking it for what it is right. like labels kind of do that they help they can, can eliminate us from actually seeing the thing for just what it is
1: exactly they they create a false narrative because it's attached to like you said other things that that they were created out of some other place like ego fear m- mainly those things and listen we're not saying don't be bound and don't have values that you believe and that you stick to what we're saying is don't be so rigid in your perception of something that you don't allow shades of gray to be possible within it everything has a shade of gray so it doesn't mean like don't claim yourself to be this gender that gender this religion that no 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 or this team you know sports team fan sure of course but like Take it with a grain of salt, people. Like we're all here together, you know, and when when those things start to separate us is the problem. Yeah. So it's okay to use it to bond with other people, but it's not okay when it separates us from other people. Yes. And the dichotomy is like allowing both parties to be like, quote, right and quote, wrong at the same time. Yeah. You and I can have a discussion and we can both be right and we can both be wrong. Yeah. In the same sentence. Yeah. And that's what this is.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It just kind of like takes the pressure off in a way. It takes so much pressure off. (laughs) And
1: all of these things, like you said, flow together, the balance, the acceptance, but also it helps a lot with one of the principal core beliefs that I share, which is don't take things personally. This is something I've been triggered on a little bit more lately than usual. But when you release the pressure, like you said, then you don't take it personally and yeah. it, then you can see it for what it actually is yes rather than how it applies to you yeah which please. is what we do <laughs> which is why i've been triggered because you know it's been all about why does that hurt me back up madeline take a couple steps because that's not even what this is about at all yeah
0: you know i totally understand yeah i've been triggered by uh some people things too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, 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 when I was researching on this topic, these quotes just kind of came to me, like Mm -hmm. just showed up on Instagram or whatever to help me kind of articulate myself more. But like one that stood out to me was you can be a forgiving person while simultaneously standing up for yourself. Those aren't mutually exclusive concepts. You can be a forgiving person while simultaneously standing up for yourself. Yes. And that one spoke to me because... I had some consequences with not setting boundaries in previous chapters of my life and learning periods and struggling with boundaries man like it's hard that's hard water to navigate when you have never tried it before right and one of the first things uh, I was trying to set boundaries with some friends that I felt like you know weren't were taking advantage of me and were kind of neglecting themselves and they kept telling me I was like a judgmental a-hole uh-huh, you know yeah. and when I I was trying to set boundaries with them and I didn't realize that I can have boundaries but still be kind and compassionate and right. open-minded right being boundary doesn't mean I'm judgmental it means exactly. that I'm I'm setting a standard for my life and I'm deciding what I will or will not let in. Right. And then once again, you know, I bought into the dichotomy of being productive versus being lazy Uh and, Uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now you feel free. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I paid such a price because I thought like, if you're not productive, you're being lazy. Right. And so I just subscribed to that hustle culture narrative of like produce, produce, produce. And I, I was so, so burnt out. I was having, like, all these health problems, like, mental health, physical health. And it's, like, always going, always doing is not the most productive thing. Sometimes being lazy helps you be more productive. Like, they are not exclusive concepts. Right. And once I saw that, like, oh, my gosh, a whole new world opened right. up. Right. I mean, it blows the
1: lid off, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, to your point, a lot of what I believe contributes to our heavy desire to create these dichotomies and, and to subscribe to them is unfortunately cultures previous like what you said productive is the only way to make money it's the only way to go and if you're not always working you're lazy okay well where did that come from yeah you know and if we think about who has given us these belief systems and why they had them and who gave them to them you know you can trace it back quite a few generations to like what really happened and why it happened. And then that also is really helpful. So I would say like educate yourselves a lot about how your economy came to be, where you live. And that helps a lot with the hustle culture for me. Yeah. Um, and then also, I can be both fiercely independent and need nothing from anybody, and I can also be so vulnerable and so tenderhearted and need everything from someone. You know, like I, I, I can simultaneously exist that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about independent too earlier yeah. today. Like, you can be independent but still need support sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or you can be independent and still need community. Like, yeah, like you can be all the things. Right. And the main point of this conversation for me is just to start to be mindful of when you are putting things in this this or that kind of category and seeing like, Where did this come from? How is this limiting me? How is this limiting my view of myself? How is Mm -hmm. this affecting my view of the world?
1: Yeah. And who gave it to us? Who put it there? Like, exactly. Like, where did it come from? I mean,
0: the media throws that stuff out there all the time.
1: How many times do you remember when you were growing up when someone said, What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do with your
0: life? Nobody asked me that. What do you want to be? Yeah. What do you want to be a human? Right. But (laughs) but
1: how much of that pressure just from such a young phase was just like hammered into us, like choose one thing. Yeah. Be one thing. Do one thing. Yeah. And so, of course, we've struggled with this in our generation. Like, it makes sense, you know? And the reason that we have is because our people came from the people that came from the depression, Mm -hmm. our grandparents were depressed depression people yeah and they parented the boomers (laughs) who then did you know the pendulum swung in the other direction and they were like get money get money get money because there was no money yeah and then they passed that to us and they're like we'll do this because this is how you have success you know so now we're free freeing ourselves culturally to accept that there is not one way yeah there are Always, yes, yeah, and I think that what we're talking about leads really well into our interview. Oh, yeah, if you're ready, yeah, yes, okay.
0: Each week on Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline, we feature an interview with someone who followed their dreams and leveled up personally or professionally against all odds. We share these interviews to inspire our listeners and demonstrate that anything is possible.
1: All right. So, hello, Stephanie. Hi. Um, we, today we have the pleasure, I have the pleasure of interviewing one of my best and longest term friends on our podcast. Mm-hmm. So, I'm so excited mm-hmm. to hear from you.
3: Okay. Um, so, my name is Stephanie. I currently live in Clayton, North Carolina. And where I'm from, I feel like there's a little bit of place. <laughs> Born and raised in New York in the Bronx, but I've been in North Carolina for more than half my life, and my roots are Dominican. My mother and father are both from the Dominican Republic, so that's a a little bit about that. I am 35 years old. I'm a single mother of a beautiful six year old boy, and I currently, my main gig right now is, is in project management. So I am a project manager for a graphic design agency, which I'm very grateful for nothing I've ever done before, which is part of why it's so awesome because I love learning new things and I wear many hats. So I kind of do that, plus my full time gig. And then I dabble in a little bit of property management and HOA management on the weekends as well, and a whole other host of volunteer work that I do in the community. Um, I sit on the board of the Racial Equality Coalition. Of North Carolina, I'm also on the board of the Downtown Development Association here in Clayton, where I live. So I know we'll get into all of that a little bit more later. Yeah, but that's just a little snapshot of um, <laughs> what I got going on right now. <laughs> this, this,
1: so basically, Superwoman. Okay, good, good to know. Yeah, um, and and also, y'all, she's very creative artistically. She can she can throw down in many ways uh, with food with with. Um, interior design. So I'm really excited to interview Stephanie to to expand on some of the things that that she's really good at and that she has found that she's good at within herself. So tell me more about, you mentioned that you're in project management now. I've I've been with you for, I don't know, 15 years at this point. How long? I mean, we've been together a long time, right? And I don't think we've ever dabbled in that area. So tell me, like, what led up to the desire for you to have a change in your life? Tell me a little bit about what your life was like before, and then what led up to why you felt like you wanted a change, and then sort of what you did to change your life.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that would take us back to, it's. oh my God, it's actually April of last year. How weird, It's has been a year. Oh, wow, <laughs> there's no coincidence. That's awesome. Um, I was working in property management full-time. I had recently gotten a promotion to be an area manager within my company, and we had just purchased a new property in Raleigh. I was working in Garner at the time, so they ended up putting me over the new property and the property in Garner as well. And I had already been having um, a lot of challenges in that role. It was definitely a role that challenged me in, in a lot of ways. It wasn't all negative. So I don't I, I want to make that very clear. I feel like it was definitely a necessary part um, of my level up for a lot of reasons. And I'm I'm, I'm always going to be grateful for the opportunity um, that I had working for that company. But I knew it was time to go after, <laughs> which is funny because I got the promotion, um, which is something that I was really, really working hard towards and not just because of the money but also because it was it was a career milestone and one of those things that I thought was not attainable for me and then to see that there actually was a possibility for me to you know get to that level it was something that I wanted but then I realized that it was all for the wrong reasons it was it was ego driven for sure a lot of it but but anyway it, it was crazy because I got the title that I wanted right I was fixated on this title crap and then also the money like I had never made that much money before Mm -hmm. um on my own or working for somebody else right so it was yeah it it was the closest I had ever gotten to making six figures Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was so fixated on like that was my goal like I had set that goal for myself last year I was like no this year I'm making six figures I'm making six figures I'm making and I, I wrote it down like I had I was doing all kinds of things to manifest. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I wanted. Right. And when I got that promotion, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I could taste it. I was so close. Right. Right. And then everything just went downhill from there.
1: (laughs) Right. Okay.
3: Yeah. I know it's relatable because a lot of times we get fixated on these things. Whatever it is. It could be marriage. It could be a certain weight. It could be a vacation or a house or a car whatever. That Mm -hmm. we're like, I really want that. I want that thing. I want that thing. And then when you get that thing, you're like, oh, my God no I don't want this right or like uh, now what yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah or or yeah or you're just not prepared to receive what you had asked for mm-hmm. and I very much feel like it What there was a lot of that so minus all the day in and day out craziness of what property management entails you know Um, As far as the pressure from your superiors and performance and the goals, you know, and then the tenant base, it's it's very much so like it's a, you're constantly involved with people. Right. Um, And that can be extremely draining. Um, And it was. Um, And I I realized I had no balance whatsoever. Um, I was working myself into the ground. I was working crazy. I mean, I was never off. Because I, I was at the office and then I was on call, you know, and I was really angry all the time. And mm-hmm. then it started affecting my mental health even more and then my physical health. Mm-hmm. Um, I had several like ER like cares where I thought that there was something like really seriously wrong with me, or I was being told that there was. And then I, you know, have all these tests done and all these things. And it's like, oh no, it's stress related. You're fine. You need to relax. The, you know <laughs> Don't we love that? Then, yeah. There's oh only my God. so many times. Yeah, you can hear that.
1: Yeah, that's and a whole nother conversation with the medical yeah. and the, oh my God.
3: Yes. Um, so it took some of that. Um, mm-hmm. and then just how I was living my life and how I was choosing to spend my actual free time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and then spend the money that i wanted so badly it it wasn't even like it was fleeting because I was trying to escape so much of like my miserable life mm-hmm. <laughs> that I wasn't even enjoying any of the money I was making it wasn't working for me because you know everything was just I was so out of balance I was not in alignment I was not focusing on myself I was putting everyone else mm-hmm. first Um, trying to prove something I don't even know what it was mm-hmm. and it just it just wasn't working just that and super rem-
1: hustle culture right just over the top no breaks you're you're yeah. never off you're stressed out no. yeah yeah
3: and then you know you're snapping at everybody in your actual real life you mm-hmm. know just flying off the handle and I was really like I did not like the person that I became and I think that that was one of the biggest things for me I like yes I'm a fiery person I know I'm an Aries and I can be very assertive and I'm direct and blah 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 but at my core like who I really truly am Stephanie like I'm a very kind person a loving person I prefer to be surrounded by peace and quiet and just Mm -hmm. you know there's times where I get bursts of energy and I want to you know be crazy and and do all the things and be around people. But I know I started noticing more and more, the older I've gotten that I actually value the opposite of that more. Right. And I wasn't getting any of that,
1: Got it. you know, and mm-hmm. I just
3: had to listen to myself. And I, I just felt like I was by staying in this position, I felt like I was betraying myself every single day. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I, I couldn't be okay with it anymore. I right. just felt like, I was always giving other people great advice about living their best life and blah, blah, blah. But here, then I felt like a hypocrite because I was like, I'm doing the complete opposite and right. I am not okay with that anymore.
1: Okay. Um, well, we've all been there, my friend, you know that. So <laughs> yeah. I, I thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that. Um, so tell me more about when, once you got there, so you've, you've explained how you got there, you were drained, exhausted. You just, this is where you were. Now what happened? What did you do to change? What what were the next steps that you took to change your life?
3: So it was literally like from one day to the next. I I didn't have a plan. I didn't have like you know I didn't plan I didn't plan this out. I didn't say okay I'm gonna quit in six months and I'm gonna save blah blah blah. I didn't do any of that. It was really one of those things where I just had enough and I couldn't take it anymore. And I sent in my re- resignation notice like literally I didn't even hesitate anymore I was like you know what I woke up in the morning blah 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 here you go bye and then the panic set in like (laughs) a week later I was like what the hell did I do (laughs) I remember (laughs) 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 what is wrong with me uh, oh my god. That's a You're common response.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, moving through the panic, what was next? What tell me more about how your life started to change and shift after that initial shock and panic had worn off. Where where did you go from there? What was
3: So tr- truly honestly, it was just a day by day thing. It was making making or actually not even making a choice. It was it was more so of like going with the flow and releasing that like I have to do this I have to do that I have to do like what am I going to do about this it was more so allowing being in a state of receiving um, forgiving myself for feeling like I made a bad decision and and second guessing myself like that was the main thing that I focused on was just what I want my life to look like how do I want you know, my days to go going forward. All right, I made this decision. I'm not going to work in this type of nine to five, like crazy, corporate rigorous, whatever schedule. I want to have fun. I want to be able to spend more time with my child. Um, I want to just go with the flow because, so what I decided was I'm going to do the complete opposite of what I was doing before and just be true to myself. And who, do, who am I? What do I like? What do I enjoy? How do I enjoy spending my time? And I know that I needed income, but I wasn't ready to do that again. Mm -hmm. And I literally, it was literally me just saying like, God, I trust you. I know you're going to provide and figure this out for me. Mm -hmm. If, you know, the job that I did have, I actually prayed for that job, which is the funny part and why I had so much guilt and and why I had such a hard time letting it go, because Mm -hmm. I felt like I was unappreciative of something that I had once prayed for and, and received. I had to work through that. It probably took me months for me to work through those feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. of like waking up and crying and, you know, just all of that. Was there any Um, like
1: daily practices? Were there books? Were there podcasts? Was there anything you were doing with your body, um, praying, like reading, meditating? Were there any like daily things that since you were taking it day to day that you started to use um, that helped you?
3: I mean, yeah, absolutely. And they weren't things that were new to me because i was already incorporating those things prior but i think i just now i had more time so i was more consistent mm-hmm. and that included listening to podcasts which i love and i still do mm-hmm. um some of my favorites um are the marie forleo t- podcast uh lead with love podcast mm-hmm. which is, is amazing um and Super Soul Sundays with Oprah, God Mornings, like all kinds of things. I also listen to business, you know, entrepreneurship podcasts, social proofs, one of my favorites as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of that being more creative, like mm-hmm. allowing myself to create, whether it was like painting projects or taking random trips, you know, to New York or just whatever. If there was something going on or somebody was somewhere I was like oh hey I'm gonna come see you you know mm-hmm. things that I could never do because I was stuck at this job right so I just I quit in the summer it was July and I was like this is perfect timing thing is out of school we don't have like this schedule that we need to stick to we're just gonna go with the flow and do whatever we want and that's mm-hmm. exactly what I did yeah. you know we we meditated we King loves meditating which is hilarious mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not hilarious but it, it's like to some sometimes I would like I would catch him and I would laugh because I'm like wow like it really they really are watching all the time yeah um and it was for me that was a really cool thing that we were able to bond To that just something positive and just spending more time in nature going Mm -hmm. on random like mountain you know weekend trips or you know Mm -hmm. day trips to the beach singing like it's that's one of my favorite things to do when I just whenever that takes me to another place whenever I feel like I'm stuck somewhere and or an uncomfortable feeling or just uncertain or whatever like I'll blast music and I start to sing and that really elevates my mood mm-hmm. um and it just kind of changes and shifts my day yeah. um taking a lot of bath oh I have realized, yes oh yes like, i have oh. really really come to appreciate bath time for real yeah you know i know <laughs> it has, yes i know you know and i never like i was never into it until now like i have to do it several mm-hmm. times a week like mm-hmm. my candles my Epsom salt essential oils or whatever it is like I truly that's my me time and I just feel like a brand new person yeah um so just more more self care you know mm-hmm. being aware of what I'm eating more you know just mm-hmm. being more conscious of everything that I do and friendship like who I spend my time with and, mm-hmm. and why and if something doesn't feel right you know let it go right. being more being more intuitive like all these things Became more and more apparent to me because I was no longer in a place of resistance. Mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. um, and I felt more genuine yeah. because I was doing what I actually wanted, not right. what I like, what somebody told me to do or what I had to do.
1: Right. So, okay. So I'm understanding some things that helped and how you stayed motivated and focused. Um, what kind of challenges? I know you mentioned guilt came up for you a couple times. Mm-hmm. What other kind of challenges did you face during this transition?
3: Um, of course, it came with a with a lot of challenges, but yeah, definitely the, the feelings of like, what did I just do? Um, did I make the right decision? Feeling like I kind of put my child's stability, you know, at jeopardy financially mm-hmm. because I didn't think this through. Right. So I, I had to work through all that crap. Once I did, everything. I, I'm telling you, I, I quit, I didn't have anything saved, I didn't have a plan or nothing. And then all it was just crazy the way that things happened I Because I had checks coming from out of nowhere that I had forgotten about, or, you know, like my taxes, <laughs> PMI that I hadn't even filed. I was like, Oh, yeah, I should probably do that. Yeah, and no,
1: but it. That, like- it, it it's so true and it sounds to me like you we were just so distracted with this first yeah. endeavor that you were so tuned out that everything else had completely dissolved in your in your consciousness and the only thing that you were conscious of was this robotic existence and once you release that you could come back to self where you could file your taxes (laughs) and and money would literally come to you now because you were no longer resisting and and that that helped you what about your family friends did they support you um how how was that
3: so surprisingly yes my family was incredibly supportive and I was here to tell my mom and my and my older sister because you know they are the ones that are usually the hardest on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they saw my struggle, you know, leading up to before I even got this job. So when I was like, I did this thing, um, at first there was some judgment there from my sister because she's, she's very much like a type A mm-hmm. and, you know, she's a planner and she's got her entire life planned out. She's planned out every child she's had. Like right. right. <laughs> so she, she didn't get it. Right. Right. Um, so there was initially, like, there we actually had a sit-down conversation, and she was like, Stephanie, I'm concerned about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's lady. She's like, um, there's, I see a pattern. I think you do this every couple of years. Like, yeah. you're doing so well, and then all of a sudden, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do you want to do with your life, Stephanie? What are you doing? Yeah. like, you know what? Like, I'm trying to figure that out. That's why I do
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, this is what I'm doing with my life. This is what <laughs> right. I'm
3: doing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. but. You know, everybody doesn't get it, so yeah. I had to really like. And when we, when me and her had that conversation, I wasn't even sure yet. I wasn't ready to explain what I because I, I didn't even know. I just knew I could not do what I was doing anymore. Right. That's it. Right. So at the time, I had no answers. Right. Yep. Um. That I, you know, I was feeling guilty and and blah blah. But then I'd say a, a month or two later, um, into my great resignation <laughs> is what I call it. I think that. People started noticing how much happier I was, how much more positive of a person I was, how much I was taking care of myself more, how, you know, the lights were still on and Mm -hmm. I I wasn't going and asking them for money and I wasn't like I was traveling. I was having fun. I was doing whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I think that that came with acceptance of me, not that I know what I'm doing, but that I trust in this process right and you know after that there were no more questions it was just like how are you doing how's king how's everything like
1: uh-huh. you
3: guys need anything blah blah and my mom was she saw how much I struggled in in that job and uh-huh. how I would come home like to her sometimes I didn't even want to come home like I would go to my mom's house just cry, like mom I don't know what it is about it doesn't matter how old you are you always want your mom yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Fix I totally it, right? get it yes
3: and it wasn't like she could do anything, but I just wanted somebody to
1: like <laughs> That's also how you know how I, bad it is. Yeah. When there's no other place to go but to mom. Yeah, I understand. Oh I do. So true. So your family's um, supportive, your friends are supportive. Okay, so then just this authentic this authentic part of you just like being like, "Okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing." led you to all these opportunities and now here we are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about yeah, yeah. that. Tell me more about um, what lights you up now, what 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 work you're finding that you're doing now, and and what lessons do you feel like you learned that would be helpful to share with other people?
3: So, long story short, throughout all of that, after, you know, I did the traveling and the sleeping in and projects around the house and, and then also doing a lot of nothing, I also thought to myself, you know what, this is a great time for me to... Actually, do something with purpose and intention behind it. And I started thinking about the things that I had wanted to do, um, and I just didn't have the time to do before, like the causes that I was passionate about and all, all the things, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so, I did do like a little mini self inventory, and I was like, "All right, what do I feel like I need in my life that I'm lacking, or or how can I contribute, and how, what can I do? Um, how can I be of service?" Um, not because I wanted something back, but because truly I was in a place of gratitude
0: mm-hmm. that I
3: could have this time off and afford to not work for that many months. And I felt like, well, I want to feel like I have purpose, right? That, that was the entire purpose of me quitting, too. Like, I felt like I had no purpose, mm-hmm. right, in yeah. what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I hated that, you know, and I also wanted to make new friendships. I, I wanted to... I am an entrepreneur at heart, Madeline, you know, you know this, I do. and I just felt like I wanted to take steps to more towards that. That's also a reason why I quit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, looked into more opportunities on how to get involved in the area. And I joined networking groups and I met a bunch of wonderful women that just motivated me to start really looking into my passions and my purpose and I ended up applying to an entrepreneurship program here in my area and I got accepted I went through that interview process and when I got that call that I was accepted into that program it it was like a confirmation for me that I did the right thing yeah because again if I was still in this position I would have never been able to take this. this has been 12 weeks of like intense, like business courses and mm-hmm. homework and working on a business plan and meeting mentors and all kinds of things. Yeah, And that door opened up for me when I let the other thing go. Oh, and I love that. Yeah. So ooh, I almost got emotional, Um. Aww. but I, I, I went through that process. I, I did that. I'm, we're actually graduating in May on the 3rd. Aww. Um. So yes, yeah, We're, we're done with classes and, um, I get to meet my mentor and just start a whole, that's going to be a whole nother chapter that that'll be the 2022, like recap. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. But I I started going to more community events and Mm -hmm. just learning about causes that are important to me and how, not just learn about them, but what can I do? How can I do my part?
1: Right, Right. Right.
3: So that's what I did. Um, And and I'm still doing that now. And it feels, I feel like I am a lot more of a well-rounded person now. And I have a lot more balance because I'm not just doing one thing, which is working for someone. Like, yes, I have a job now, but my life does not revolve on that job anymore at all whatsoever. It's literally a job. That's it. Right. Um, As to where before it was my life. Oh, that's awesome! So,
1: oh. yeah. Well, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for sharing. We're gonna wrap up. Um, and uh, the the only other thing is, is there any one s- single? I mean, you've dropped a lot of wisdom in this call, so tons and tons to take away for our listeners. But is there any one thing you'd like to say that is a piece of advice?
3: Yes. Okay. So one piece of advice is trust your gut, trust your intuition. Mm. Don't. Quite- it for a second because it's there for a reason and it'll carry you through.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. Okay. Well, thank you again, and um, I'll talk to you soon. All right,
3: bye-bye.
0: I've related so much with that story, but I know you would. Yeah. I feel like we could probably like spend all day, every day hearing either people in comparable situations that never took a leap of faith or mm-hmm. now in this day and age, people that are actually being brave and trying something different. Mm-hmm. It makes me so excited. I know me too. And she's been, I've,
1: I've watched, I've watched her blossom is what I'd like to say, but it, she was already a flower before she didn't need to blossom, but I've seen it start to show up externally for her.
0: She was just so like uh, vibrant and like excited, like you could hear her like yeah I- excitement through through her inflection and everything. I know. Well, she's got a lot of good stuff
1: going on, you know. Yeah, and it's exciting that she has listened to herself to get there. Yeah, and not been nay, said away by herself or anyone. Yeah, you know. I think.
0: We are the biggest
1: naysayer. We are, we are for sure, <laughs> definitely. And she, we, I think, I think most of us know that. Hopefully, because that that's helpful to know. I saw something you put in here, kind of to wrap up. If you want, sure. In closing. Do you have anything else?
0: I was just gonna I? say one action step. Okay. Uh, just to apply this, just, just start paying attention to your mental narratives about yourself in the world and, and start to pay attention with where you're putting things in black and white categories and limiting your own perception. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once you become aware of, of these certain areas of your life and your, in your internal narratives where you are putting things in polarized ca- categories, just try something different. Yeah. Try and give yourself a chance to look at the shades of gray. Think about is there an alternative perspective on this? Right. And see see how it feels on the inside when you start to kind of change that that narrative Uh and that approach to viewing reality. Yes, exactly.
1: The quotes you had put up, a couple spoke to me, which is pretty much the same as the action steps. Like I'm not gonna read them exactly, but what came to mind is have you ever like laughed at a funeral? Or, or seen it or, you know. Because you it,
0: don't, I feel like I do at things like that. Yeah. Because it's like either I'm going to cry my face off mm-hmm. or I'm going to find some piece of joy in this moment. Exactly.
1: That's what dichotomy is. Yeah. That literally that to me is like the perfect way to explain it. Like if well, That's you, like the myth buster of exactly. a dichotomy. like Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. But like in the moment. The action step that you say in the moment that you catch yourself shooting yourself into a feeling, you know, I'm shooting myself and I should feel sad right now. I should feel this. I should feel that. So you're trying to put that box around yourself. Take a minute to relax and open and let another feeling, you know, sometimes you can be really sad, but then you can have a memory and it can make you laugh at the same time. Yeah, You know, like let yourself be open to another, another part, another shade of gray to enter into that realm with that first overwhelming feeling and this can help with anxiety too depression it can help us not take ourselves so seriously all the time yes and force ourselves to feel these ways so directly and get caught up in it and get lost in it yeah if you can just have that moment
0: of awareness yep and permission it's freedom it's freedom yeah yeah, we yeah. want you to free yourself so that yeah. you can, you know, attract and manifest and build the life that you truly desire. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Yes, we'll see y'all next time. This